You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is Caitlin Lutz. I'm a demand generation strategist for Flip My Funnel and Terminus. And we have two incredible guests here. Well, one's not really a guest. Yeah, I'm not a guest. Not yeah. a guest. Picture on the wall, I <laughs> said previously. <laughs> Picture on the wall, saying over here. And we have Matt, Matt Amundsen, and he is the VP of Marketing and Sales Development at Everstring. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Singer. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, love the show and just thrilled to be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, man. And I know you have Coke in your hand, which is a proud Atlanta thing to do, well, even though you're not in Atlanta, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've, got a, I've got my Coke here. I got my sales off dashboard, my terminus dashboard in front of me. I mean, you might as well just put me right in the middle of the right now. I'm, I'm feeling very Atlanta. Dude, you should take a picture of it and send it over. That'd be awesome. This is great. <laughs> Awesome. Let me do that. <laughs> so today is our hashtag one here day. It's our hashtag one here Friday. And this is where we just want to celebrate someone in the in the community. And um, so Matt has posted a blog on fillmyfunnel.com on our blog, posted the blog on the blog. Um, and so we are just going to dive right into that. But before we dive into that, Matt, quick question for you. What is one fun fact that you have about yourself personally or work or fun fact? Uh, man, what's my fun fact? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the thing that I always lean on is I beat, you know, NBA Hall of Famer and uh, Dodgers owner Magic Johnson in a one-hand clapping competition. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, the expectations are just rising and rising and rising up on that one. That was really well done. Jumped on Magic Johnson, no. Oh, yeah, definitely not in one-on-one basketball. <laughs> in one hand clapping, I got him beat. All right, that's awesome. That is really, really cool. All right, so now, so you talked about Start With One, right? Like, Start With One, I mean, I think that's an incredible blog post title because you would think, like, well, what does that really mean? And I know you dive deeper on the four data points of uh, of FIRE, which is the fit, intent, relationship, and engagement, which seems really, really interesting. So love for you to kind of just introduce the topic. What do you mean by Start With One? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea of Start With One because you know, as opposed to, you know, starting with many. And it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of folks like myself and Sangram, people like Maria Pergolino and Joe Chernoff, a lot of folks that are sort of born out of, uh, and, and certainly John Miller and, and Ray Carroll and Heidi Bullock, who are born out of this, like, marketing automation space of, you know, Marketo, Pardot, Eloqua. And it's so weird because that was all about, like, let's drive a bunch of uh, leads to the top of the funnel and see which ones come out. And of course, you wrote the world's most famous blog post about why that uh, that, <laughs> that seems to be disrupted. But you know, this idea that um, that you know we were all kind of beating the drum of this is the way to go to market, and we've all really evolved into a place where you know it's really about you know quality accounts at the top of the funnel and sort of identifying, expanding, uh, making evangelists, and then ultimately customers. But it's like. Um, this idea that if you could just start with that one perfect account, what are the things that you would do? 
if you could only sell the one or if you could only market to one, man, you'd throw the kitchen sink at it, right? You would, you know, you'd call it, you'd email it, you'd direct mail it, you'd serve it ads that are specific to that account. You have your CEOs and your VPs reaching out to, to their peers there. And what if you could just take that idea of only one account and then start to mm. not necessarily scale it at huge volume, but scale it in a way where you could build repeatable pipeline and revenue from it. And that to me is what's really exciting. But in order to be able to do that, there's certain types of data that you need in order to accomplish that. That's where I sort of really dive into the concept of FIRE, which is an acronym for fit, intent, relationships, and engagement. I love it, man. I think uh, that really hits home when it when you think about what B2B is all about. You, you start an account, and I, I heard about this somewhere, like a path to success is typically not a straight line. It's like a squiggly line, right? You really yeah. don't know what direction. So if you try to predict every single, you, if you want every single customer to follow the same path every single day, and, and you're going to predict that, and you're going to say, this is what I'm going to do. Well, guess what? That's not going to necessarily happen because Everyone is different. Every account is different. There are tons of people who might be different and they might be engaging on different channels. All those things are just so true. But what what's, could be interesting is if you really take that one account and create programs specific to that, then you may be able to make those magic moments happen. So I love that you're really trying to get this whole concept with start with one, really focus on the account. Yeah, it's also a, a sort of just a, a deeper play into the concept of land and expand. And land and expand as, you know, go to market strategy is really, you know, just you know, for people who are kind of new to the concept is, you know, go in there, sell a small deal, and then start selling the value throughout an organization. And I think that this is a prime place for real ABM tactics, right? And uh, a lot of people think of account-based marketing as sort of existing as like a top to mid-funnel activity, but it actually works really well at the bottom of the funnel, right? You you know, let's say you're going into a large business like like General Electric with a multitude of business units and and sort of subsidiary companies. If you can go in there and sell one deal and prove value there, that is the ultimate ABM strategy now because you've got a proof point already sort of under the roof of the building. And so, you know, you take the success there and you start to expand within within the account in an account based marketing way. And that's really really exciting to me as well. I've, I, I, you know, it's trade show season, so I'm hearing all these great ideas, and I just love talking about them and getting excited about them. But that, that's one thing where I think for people who are struggling with account-based marketing and thinking about, you know, how do I roll it out? Think about the accounts where, you know, you've got, like, maybe a paid POC in place or you've, you know, you sort of landed in a small business unit. That account is, like, gold for ABM, right? And so, you know, leveraging some of, some of the data that I was talking about there starts to get really, really interesting because, in terms of relationships, well, man, now you've got pre-built, you know, relationships via DocuSign, right? Yeah, love that. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's jump, jump into the data points. What are the data points, and where do we start? Yeah. So to me, uh, and and this, you know, this may sound like you know, sort of business selfish or whatnot. So you know, it all starts with fit, and it makes sense because you know, F is the, is the first letter in the acronym for fire, but. The reality is it's true, you know, whether whether I work at, at Everstring or, you know, whether I, you know, work at, at Salesforce or Terminus or any other business, if a company is not a good fit for your business, really nothing else matters, <laughs> right? And I think, you know, people who are, are sort of opening their eyes to the, 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 the concept of intent data are people who really see that, right? So if you're, if you're working with a, you know, a great intent vendor like a Bombora or something like that, if you get, you know, these companies that are exhibiting intent, a lot of them actually are a bad fit for you, 
right? And I think the trick yeah. of intent can be a little bit similar to the trick of marketing automation, where it's like, okay, you're seeing these people that are engaging or doing research on topics that are related to your business, and you're kind of like, oh, I want to go sell to all of them, but you can't, right? In a lot of cases, there's revenue blockers, like the business is too small. There's employee uh, blockers, again, you know, too few employees or departmental blockers. They haven't reached a certain level of maturity. And also technological blockers, like if you can only sell to companies that have Salesforce.com and, you know, companies exhibiting intent with Sugar CRM or, or, uh, or Microsoft Dynamics, they're also not a good fit. So starting with fit as the primary driver is really, really important. Right, because if you can't sell there, nothing else matters. And yeah. so, you know, what EverString does, and there's, you know, there's some other companies in our space that I think don't do it as well as we do. But what EverString does is it it analyzes based on the companies that you've sold to, which are the companies you should be selling to, in terms of how closely they relate from a firmographic perspective, technographic perspective, maturity perspective, uh, etc. And so, starting there, you say, okay, here's all my high fit accounts. And it could be lots. It could be thousands. It could be tens of thousands. It could be 100,000, right? So now how do I take a, a level deeper in terms of who should I go out and prospect into, right? And that's where intent comes in because mm. that is going to cut that list down significantly. Yeah. So of my good fit accounts, who's actually in market or doing research that would suggest that they're about to come into market. And so you know, fit plus intent, I think, is the thing that it's very, very operational now. Uh, I think, you know, the folks at Terminus are, are doing a great job of that in terms of, you know, Peter and Todd and what, what they're doing with that type of work. And so I'm really mostly excited about that. And those are really the, you know, for me uh, at EverString, those are the two things that we can affect uh, because we offer both of those pieces. The relationship piece is, uh, is, you know, kind of the third data point, the R of it. It's a little bit tricky. There are some cool vendors out there that are trying to start you know, putting together things like a relationship score, how closely related from just like a people perspective are you to another business. But this is something that's really, really important because, you know, relationships are often not leveraged in marketing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and it's hard to operationalize leveraging those relationships, right? Because, you know, sure, you could send out a, a, an email through your marketing automation system that's like from that person to another person that they might know. But honestly, it's better and you talk about this a lot, and I talk about this a lot, it's a lot better to be human. Like, you know, you know your buddy or you worked with with a colleague, you can just reach out to them. And oftentimes what that's able to do when your executives are able to reach out to executives at another business is, one, just figure out, like, hey, is this even a thing for you or not? Qualified or, or qualified out very fast. But the other thing that's really great is you can typically, when they're saying, you know what, that is a project for us, you can understand and or you can actually start a sales cycle at or in many cases above the power line, which is crucial to all salespeople, right? Because they want to be able to get in and actually go sell as opposed to navigate their way up through an organization and ultimately get to the buyer. But because executive relationships are often with other executives, you get this awesome opportunity to start much higher up. Can you further dive into what you mean about relationships? How do you go about building those relationships with, you know, between executive with executive, or maybe it's just, you know, salesperson with the marketing person that they're trying to sell to? Where do you, where do you find those relationships? How do you, how do you build them? Yeah, it's a little bit less about building relationships. I mean, all marketing is really about building relationships, but this is, this is understanding accounts where you have pre-built relationships, mm. right? So you might look at myself and say like, okay, like let's sell the Terminus. You know, our economic buyer at a business like Terminus would be the VP of marketing. Well, Matt knows Peter Herberg. 
Should we have the SDR reach out to Peter Herbert? Should we have the SDR call and stalk him and social sell him and, you know, send him a handwritten note from, from, from one of the companies that does, does that? Or should we just have Matt text him and say, oh, hey, Pete, it looks like your company is looking into a solution like ours. You know, can we have a conversation? Right. That's the way to, to, to engage that account as opposed to, you know, sort of the, the age old Aaron Ross, like, let's get an SDR call, email, social sell, let's hit him. Let's do the triple touch, et cetera. Like, no, like we just know the guy. So let's just call the guy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's, it's less about like from a scoring perspective, it's less about like how do we build those relationships or how do we score the potential for relationships there? It's more about like, do those relationships already exist? Because that's a much better path to starting a sales cycle. Gotcha. Yeah, I love that, man. I think when you when we think about like relationships being leveraged, I know that our sales team here at Terminus does that quite a bit. I, I get hit up by that. Hey, I just saw that you have so and so connected on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Can you send me that? And and then you know, obviously, I would do it. And 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 you have to. I have to always make sure that I do have a a real relationship with that person. Yeah. And I think that's really where you're really trying to grow. It's not like just because you're connected to someone, it's not easy to just dial in and send send in a connection. You really need to be in connection with this person, adding value to them in their relationship so that by the time as and when this team, this kind of thing comes up, you're able to leverage that and say that, hey, you know what, I have this trusted relationship with this person so I can reach out to them via text or LinkedIn message or whatever it might be to to see if the conversation can go further because otherwise, like you, you can't really just send any and everybody just because you're connected with them. That's absolutely right. And what, what, what I'm seeing from you know, some vendors that are kind of in stealth mode right now, but I'm really excited about is they're doing things like not just measuring, okay, do you have a LinkedIn connection with this person? Or do you also have a Facebook connection with this person? Do you also have an Instagram connection with this person, right? They start to track like your connections with them across a multitude of social networks. Because as you know, being in the position that you're in and doing the type of work that you do, you have tons of connections, I'm sure on LinkedIn with people that are like, you know, hey, maybe I talked to them once or they were at a round table that I was on, but like, I don't really know them. I don't feel necessarily comfortable reaching out to them and asking them for business, right. but they do know me. They follow me. They appreciate the types of work that I put out or I feel the same way about them. But, you know, we don't really know each other, but it's the people where it's like, yeah, like I'm happy to share with them what I'm doing with my children on a weekend or, you know, photos of, of me walking my dog along the bay, like, <laughs> Those are real relationships. And so I think that's what's really interesting. Of course, you know, relationships with people that you may have gone to school with or worked with at a company can also be a lot more powerful than just, you know, connections that you have. Yeah. All right. What's the fourth one? Fourth one is engagement. Uh, and this is interesting because, you know, you can use a multitude of sources for engagement here. I think, um, you know, most of the people that are listening to this podcast probably have some sort of marketing automation system. So you can use your leader contact scoring from, a, you know, your vendors like Bardot or Marketo or Eloqua. The one that I use internally is Engageo. The reason why I like that is because Engageo gives me a score for an account level engagement with us. So all the different interactions that a company could have with you sort of all rolled up into uh, a very neat and tidy way of scoring that. And this is actually something that you were just talking about. I actually just put a tweet out about this with uh, David Cancel on, on his podcast. It's the, it's the concept of time, mm -hmm. right? Because the way Engageo uh, scores an account's engagement with you is the minute that they 
are spending, you know, with your website, on your webinars, et cetera. And I think that that is such a valuable measuring stick of intensive purchase, right? As somebody who's coming back to your website time and time again, coming and listening to your webinars or potentially your podcast, those are the people that are really engaged. I mean, I go to lots of different websites over the course of, you know, days, weeks, months, and years, and I never come back. And I don't really, you know, I, if someone's using marketing automation score, they'll say like, oh, visited the website, interesting moment. But it's the fact that I came, I stayed, I looked at a bunch of stuff, and then I went to the webinar, and then I swung by their booth at Rainmaker or at a Flip My Funnel conference, right? Like, that is, like, real engagement that's happening time and time again, and not just with an individual, but with a, a company sort of holistically. And so that, that's what's really powerful. And so those are the four metrics that we're using, and we're able to sort of give those over to our sales team and say, like, hey, look, if you're going to start with one, sort of bring the conversation full circle – this is the one to start with. Why? They're high fit based upon our, our propensity model or based upon our relationship model. They are a highly, they have intent. These are the signals that they're looking into. We have a built-in relationship. Look, their CEO went to business school with our CEO and they've been, their company has been engaging with us. That's your best bet. Those four dimensions, I think, you know, we're talking about it today. I think five years from now, everybody's going to be talking about those four uh, dimensions of engagement. And the data pieces that fill in those gaps are going to become the most sought after data pieces in B2B marketing. I love that, man. Awesome. All right. So wrap this up. To have start with one, it's all about the account and what you're really going after. So I really love the idea of start with one. And these four data points are pretty clear. So like fit, intent, relationship engagement. If you forget like what they are, just think about fire and run for it. Uh, but it's really fit, intent. <laughs> and <laughs> like, run from it. Yeah. <laughs> or run, run towards run, it. Run, run, to the, run, yeah, to run the towards the fire. Run towards the fire because we all in marketing and sales are really in fire all the time, right? So no, I think I think this idea is really important because that uh, what what you're really trying to bring to light here, uh, and and I think everybody in B two B is probably going through right now is that hey, how do I make sure that my sales team knows what I'm doing from a marketing perspective and driving value day in and day out, and that's not happening by the number of leads I give. I'm always kind of a hamster, you know, hamster wheel, like trying to just keep going on. And what you're really talking about is stop for a second. Start thinking about an account like at one level and then to really have a process around fit intent, uh, relationship and engagement. So this is a, a process. This is a strategy. This is a philosophy. And if you go to your sales team with this idea that, hey, here's how I'm going to help you, there will be a much better relationship that you can ever have between sales and marketing. Absolutely. And I think like the anecdotal way of measuring that is the number of high fives you're going to be getting from <laughs> your sales team, it jumps through the roof. That's awesome. Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Matt. It was amazing. Thank you so much for writing on uh, Flip My Funnel as well. Yeah, Caitlin, Kangram, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Kangram. Kangram, that's the right name, Kangram. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.